we're in this series on the victorious life of thanksgiving. And this series is getting so big in me because this is such a necessary piece. It is all over the Bible and it's not taught. We're talking about thanksgiving, but how you walk that out is our walk of faith. We are thankful for everything. And so I've been teaching for seven weeks to get to the point to where we can start talking about what I really want to talk about. And so we're going to start talking about literally how to cultivate this lifestyle of thanksgiving. You have to cultivate it. You know, many times we teach on thanksgiving and and all of a sudden, you know, we're like, yep, pastor got it. We got to be more thankful. And it's like, no, you didn't get it. Because that's not what we're saying. You have to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Your, your life, as we're going to see tonight, is to be single in this area. You are literally to give thanks always. Single. No double. Not giving thanks sometimes and not giving thanks other times. Right? We talked a lot about, remember we said this, There is no such thing as a place between being thankful and being unthankful. You are either thankful, and if you're not thankful, you're unthankful. So this is a huge thing. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Foundational scripture. We'll just start where we've started every week. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 We're going to believe God for some great utterance tonight. I could already sense you guys are really hungry. I love that about you guys. You come, you're ready to receive the word of God. Man, God's going to show himself strong tonight. Hallelujah. Look at what it says. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be unto God, which sometimes... No, it says, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it doesn't say, which has given us the victory. It says, which gives us the victory. The Spirit of God thought it very important to let you know in the tense in the Greek that this is something, he's given us the victory. He's telling us, Something that has not happened in your life yet, God's already given you the victory in what you're going to face. Or if you're facing something right now, you're going to see the victory in it. So now you thank God before you see. Remember, we talked a lot about that. What, what, do we, what happens when somebody thanks God before? That's what we call faith. Right? So now go over, you're in 1 Corinthians, go a couple pages, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14. Again, it says, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Notice, where is our victory? Where is our triumph? It's always in Christ. You were created in Christ. All the promises of God are in Christ, yes. 
and in Christ, so be it unto you. Everything's in Christ. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor or the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. You know, you know what this fragrance, I'm telling you, if you study the anointing, that is the fragrance. Victory and triumph have a smell. You are to smell like victory and like triumph. And the smell is one of this, that when others smell it, they know it's for them too. Because God has provided this for everyone. Remember, we said this, thanksgiving, right? Victory and triumph are all connected. No thanksgiving. And although you've been given victory and given triumph in Christ, you'll never be able to walk in it because of no thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, we said this, it increases our capacity to receive from the Lord. It puts things in motion in the unseen realm to bring these things into our life. Thanksgiving is literally the key to miracles and signs and wonders. Thanksgiving, right? I mean, we talked about that a little bit. Here's Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, right? Lazarus gets raised from the dead. What was the key? You see this all over, all over the ministry of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Feeding of the 5,000, right? He took the five loaves and the two fishes, and what did he do? He blessed it, and he gave thanks. Always, it connects us to the victory. This is so important. Thanksgiving, cultivating a lifestyle of thanksgiving, increases my capacity to receive from the Lord. This is so important. So, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Now thanks be unto God, which always gives us the victory. So let's go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Because 1 John chapter 5 tells us what the victory is, doesn't it? 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. 1 John 5 verse 4. It says here, for whatsoever, now you're not a whatsoever. It's the Greek word P-A-S, pas. That's whosoever. In other words, whosoever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world system. That's a constant thing. You're born of God, so that means the world system should never, ever, ever overcome you. Right? Let's keep going with this. And this is the victory. Now, thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory, right? Comes to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the victory that overcomes the world system? It's even our faith. Interesting how thanksgiving ultimately will be tied to faith because it connects you. There's a connection. 
So now go over to Ephesians chapter 5. I want, I want to start to show you a few scriptures where we see this principle of how we're to give thanks. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. It's a great scripture. Ephesians 5, 20 says this. Hallelujah. We'll be jumping around a lot. I've got a lot in me. It says here, Ephesians 5, 20, giving thanks. How often? Always. Always. Giving thanks always. So if you're to always give thanks, is there ever a time when you're not giving thanks? No. Why would God say that to you? Because if you're ever not thankful, you're unthankful. What does it mean to be thankful? It means that that, that very word means to be grateful. It means to acknowledge. You can't be thankful for something you don't acknowledge. It also means to remember. So we live a life remembering what God has provided and done and is doing and will continue to do. We acknowledge these things and we're so grateful. So that's why we give thanks always. God is telling us this because this is the key to life. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. Tilt. Giving thanks for all things? Hmm. Go ahead and throw 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 up. Now this one, Ephesians 5.20, doesn't seem to fit our word of faith doctrine. So let's forget that. Let's just go to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Let's try, let's just erase that. In every, okay, okay, I'm okay. I'm not okay giving thanks for everything. But in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Yeah, but pastor... But, but what about Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20? Well, you know what? Okay, we'll come back to this. We better, let's just better go back to that. Because, oh my gosh, the whole, you know, we might have to close the church. <laughs> Giving thanks always, Ephesians 5, 20. For all things. Now, this is what happens to Christians that are not doing what Jesus says in Luke. Luke chapter 6 says, hey, why do you guys call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I do, or what I tell you to do? He goes, but let me say, a guy who does what I tell him to do, this guy's like a guy who dug deep and built his life upon a rock. And when the storms came and beat against his life or against his house, couldn't even shake his house because it was built on a rock. So the, the reason why I'm doing this right now, well, because I feel stirred to do it, but this is what happens to people. Giving thanks always for all things. 
And I jump right back into my denominational world and go, oh my gosh, see? They were right. Father, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to you for my cancer. I'm so thankful for my diabetes. Because I'm supposed to thank God for all things. Does that is that sitting right with you at all, even hearing me say that? I'm like going, I feel like I just need to go take a shower right now. Why would I thank God for something that's satanic? So instead of freaking out when you see something you don't understand, why don't you just dig a little? So let, I wonder what that word for means, right? I'm so glad you guys asked. You guys are great students of the word. So it's the word hooper, H-U-P-E-R, okay? It means, it, it, well, let me put it this way. It's a primary preposition, and in the Greek, it's in the Greek te- or sense, the accusative sense, the accusative sense. So it literally means over. It means a place above, a place beyond, a place superior to, and a place more than. Okay? So like, hold your finger here and go back to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 because it, it kind of, it'll show you a picture of what, what this Greek word is kind of talking about. It says here, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, here we go, above all that we can ask or even think. So God, whatever you can ask or think, God is greater. He's greater to do what? He He can answer and do things exceeding abundantly above all that. So now go back to Ephesians 5.20. So to read this literally, you'd have to say this, giving thanks always over all things unto God. Above all things. In other words, I'm, I'm not thanking God for cancer or diabetes or father i'm so thankful that i have no money to pay my mortgage or my rent and i'm going to be evicted tomorrow thank you so much for me being able to honor to be homeless no 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 that's not what it's saying it's you're giving thanks how often always over all these things so if you're sick how do you give thanks over that Father, I thank you so much that you sent your word and healed me. If you're in lack, Father, I thank you so much that you meet all my needs according to your riches. Do you see how that fits the whole Bible now? According to your riches and glory. Father, I thank you that you haven't given me a spirit of fear. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing depression, anxiety, a panic attack, whatever, but I'm thanking you, Father, that you have not given me a spirit of fear. I refuse to fear. Fear you leave in Jesus' name, for it is written, right? Father, I'm so thankful that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but my spirit is one of power, of love, and it brings soundness of mind to me. 
I'm thanking God always over. We had to take a moment of this because this is so important. The word of God has to work Genesis to maps, right? A lot of this false doctrine that you're hearing out there that's nonsense, it has no scriptural backing. God is good. His word is infallible. So we give thanks always over all things, above all things, right? We're thanking God what he's done for us over what I'm experiencing. So in other words, Ephesians 5.20 and 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is pretty much saying the same thing. I give thanks always over all things, and I give thanks in all things. Why in all things? Well, if I'm in a situation, I always thank him. Doesn't it fit? Why? Because he always gives me the victory, and he always causes me to triumph. So I don't ever lose. As a matter of fact, I've already already won. It just doesn't feel like it. And see, this is why you have to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving in the midst of the chaos that comes in your life. See, a lot of people think, well, you know, I go to that faith family church thing because, man, you know, uh, they believe the word and I could just live a blissful life and never face anything. Oh, no, 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 no. You're gonna, you're, the, the streams are going to beat against your house. There's going to be lions and bears and goliaths and, and furnaces and you know, lying symptoms and sickness and disease and pestilence and arrows by day, evil, all this stuff. But in all of it, I'm unmovable and I already have the victory and it doesn't come near me and it'll never take me out because now thanks be to God who always gives me the victory and causes me to triumph. Do you see that? This is huge, but you're going to have to cultivate this. If you want to know how thankful you are to God, just ask yourself, how thankful are you to your spouse? How thankful are you to your kids or your parents or your employer? Because everything's reflective, right? Some of the conversations I hear about Pastor Appreciation Month is hilarious. It's a double-edged sword, because when you pastor a church of several hundred people and you get those 10 really awesome thank you cards, you're so grateful for those 10, but what about the other 900 people? Right? Well, this is the thing. If you cultivate a lifestyle of thanking him, you will be thankful above everything, in everything, It'll connect you to the victory. It'll increase your capacity. Do you know so many, and I, and I, can't, I can't judge the Baptist or the Presbyterian or whatever. I have to be in this whole word of faith thing. Here's a word of faith person. Man, their Bible, it, it looks like this. It's all underlined and got notes. And, and man, you know, I've got everything, everything Brother Hagen ever, ever spoke. I've got it. I even have a German Bible cover from Germany. So I must be spiritually mature, right? I've got a legacy edition Kenneth Hagen study Bible. I, not only that, it's, it's sitting on top of a Kenneth Copeland. 
study New Testament. So I must, but, but here's the problem. I am so laser focused on believing God for what I need. I'm walking around like this. I don't see anybody. I, I don't want to do nothing. Babies, you better stop crying because I've got to get this and I want to sit in an environment. And don't be shouting amen because that might, you know, that just might, we, we need a nice, can you turn the heat down a little bit? Can you make me feel good? Because I just need to hear the next thing and I don't walk in any of it because I'm not grateful. I'm not thankful. I actually think I walk around thinking I deserve it. We haven't even got there yet. That's one of the biggest roadblocks of Thanksgiving. If you think you deserve something, guess what? You can't be thankful for something you think you deserve. In the same way, you'll never be thankful if you're feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, man, I knew I should have stayed home and watched TV tonight. I'm just messing with you. So Ephesians 5.20, let me jump out of here before I get myself in trouble. Speaking to yourselves, oh, that's a good one, but let's go to verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is very, very important. So now turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and I just want to show you the scripture again. So we give thanks above. Always, always. See, you're, you're seated above. You're seated in Christ above all principalities, powers, everything. Positionally, you've been given everything. But temporally, you got to walk it out down here. So your job, your whole life is to bring heaven to this earth. You're to live days of heaven on the earth. How do you do that? You know, you're going to walk around in heaven all day long. Wow, I'm so thankful. I'm just so thankful. But you're to walk around like that here. Because it'll connect you to everything. This is so important. So here it is, the will of God for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Right after that, he says, quench not the spirit. Why? Because if you don't live a life of constant thanksgiving, you are unthankful, which means you're quenching the very Holy Spirit of God. This is, this is huge. This will, this will literally, the truth of this will make you free in every area of your life. So let's jump over to Hebrews 13. Let's look at another scripture. So Hebrews 13, 15. So now we're saying above everything, always we're to give thanks. In everything, we're to give thanks. Always, always. Now look at Hebrews 13, 15. Let's get over there. See another scripture. You guys doing okay? Hallelujah. Verse 15 of Hebrews chapter 13. I love this. It says, By him, therefore, let us offer, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. How often are we to give God the sacrifice of praise? Only continually. Right? 
Well, what is the sacrifice of praise? I guess we better figure that out, huh? Well, keep reading. It tells us. That is. What, what does that mean? That is the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Wow. The Greek word giving thanks, it literally means confessing or confessing to. In other words, thanksgiving, see, this is it. It's acknowledging, right? It's remembering and it's being grateful. But we are not to just feel thankful. We are to say thanksgiving because to be thankful, you got to speak it. If you are thankful, you will speak it. It'll connect you to the miracle. I'm telling you, it's a key. It's so important if you'll learn this truth. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, always. Wow. You'll never be thankful for what you don't remember, for what you're not acknowledging, and for what you're not grateful for. You'll never be thankful for that. So now let's, let's jump over. Let's go to a Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 2. We always talk about Psalm 107:20, but man, Psalm 107, verse 2 is really good. Psalm 107, verse 2. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, act, let's start in verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Then look at what it says in verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord think so. Say so. Well, we know from Romans, we're not going to say so unless we believe so, unless we think so, right? But look at the emphasis here. Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. We must, we must speak. I'm telling you, thanks, thankfulness, thanksgiving needs to be forever in our midst. You know, worship team, can you hurry up? Can you hurry up and just, just get, get worship done so that we can get in the word? No, 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 no. We're not getting very far without worship. I can't. I can't even read the word. I can't even talk to the Lord. I can't even think about him without all of a sudden it just starts bubbling up how thankful I am. Where would my life be without him? I'd be lost forever. Right? This is amazing. So I guess you got to know some things to be thankful. Now we're in Psalm 107 and go to Psalm 103. Go to verse 1 of Psalm 103. Hallelujah. See, David, the psalmist, said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. See, I'm thankful because I remember the benefits. 
Wow. I remember them always in everything continually who forgives all of my iniquities, who heals all of our diseases, who redeems my life or our lives from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And look at this, verse five, who satisfies our mouths with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I wonder if the good things that renew our youth like the eagles, I wonder if some of those things are us thanking God. Absolutely. You want to be renewed? I'm telling you, you could be in the midst of all hell breaking loose. Your mind could be going nuts with all these thoughts and and all this mental pictures of defeat and all this stuff. The, the fear of all of it, and you just right in the middle of it go, no, you cast that off on the Lord, and you're like, Father, I am so thankful. You always cause me to triumph. You always give me the victory. I am so thankful, Lord Jesus. Man, you bore my sickness and carried my pain. You meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory. You were made poor on the cross so that I, through your poverty, might be made rich. Right? See, I start thanking God and guess what? It connects me. Things start happening. I increase my capacity, not for God to give it to me, but for me to receive it. So many people are going to God with great needs and he's met them all and they have a little thimble and they need a dump truck, but they have a thimble And the reason why they have a thimble is all of their friends know that they're going through things and all of them are double-sided. So instead of encouraging them in the word, they're like, oh, they put their arm around them and go, oh man, I know this is really hard. Listen, that's not helping them. Because if they start saying this is really hard, it cuts them off from their blessing. This is what we have. We have to get it right, guys. Thanksgiving is a key. We got to grow up. So if this, is, if this is true, that we're to constantly give thanks in everything, above everything, for everything, however you want to say that, if I'm to literally the fruit of my lips giving thanks continually... Well, then guess what Satan's going to try to do? If we know this, he knows this. So he is going to try to separate you from your faith. To do that, he's just got to separate you from thankfulness. So go to Mark chapter 4 real quick. We teach on Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. But I just want to briefly look at this. Look at verse 15. Now, now this parable of the sower is a key. This is foundational. Jesus said, listen, this is the key to how the whole kingdom of God works. If you don't get this one, you won't understand anything that I'm talking about. And look at what he says. And it's talking about how that the word of God is like a seed that is sown into the soil of men's hearts. But only one type of seed out of the four produced 
anything. And even then, it produced 30, 60, 100 fold based on the attitude that the person had towards it. Towards it. But only 25% even bore something. But look at verse 15 here. It says, these are they which by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Wait a minute, time out. Pastor, I've heard you say, Satan can't touch my spirit. How in the world is he taking the word out of my spirit? Well, the key is in the word taketh. It means he makes you doubt it. How does Satan get you away from being thankful? He gets you out of being single, your eye being single, and it being double, or it gets you to doubt. This is a big key. Let's keep going. And these are they likewise that are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. This Greek word means moisture. In other words, they're not watering the word. They come to church once every six months, never read their Bible, so they hear the word, but then they never water it, so it never produces. Right? I mean, you guys know. You guys are people that water the word Right? We have people watching online, they're probably drooling right now because they watch every service. They're like, you know, they're taking notes, they're this, they're, they're watering, they're speaking the word, they're doing that. And, and see, this is hunger. You got to keep watering the word, otherwise it can't produce anything. How do you keep watering the word? You keep hearing and you keep meditating. Well, what does it mean to meditate? It means to mutter, to speak the word. So you hear the word and you speak the word. You speak the word to get it in your heart. When it's in abundance in your heart, you, it, you'll speak the word because it'll be coming out of your heart. So in other words, the word of God never departs out of your mouth. If it ever does, now Satan just separated you from your faith. You're in a position where you can't receive what God's given you. Do you see that? This is huge. Verse 18, these are they which are sown among thorns. They hear the word, but then look at this. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things comes in and chokes the word. Chokes the word. The Bible says that we're to hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. The Bible says we're never to let the word of God depart out of our mouth. It is always to be in our mouth. So we are always to speak the word. We're always to be thankful. Now, I don't know about you, but that tilts me. That makes me live my life completely relying on the Holy Spirit. I know he's just. So if he said, this is the way I've got to live, guess what? He doesn't expect me to do that in my own strength. The Holy Spirit is right here. He will teach me. He'll show me things to come. He's the greater one, right? He'll bring to my remembrance everything that Jesus has said to me. Isn't that amazing? He will help me live a life of complete thankfulness so that I could be good ground. Well, what is good ground? And these are they which are sown on good ground. They which hear the word 
They receive it. This means they take the word up and they continue in it. How do you do that? I hear that Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. I hear it and then I grab it and I continue in it. Father, I thank you. I receive my healing today because Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. I thank you for healing my physical body. And I keep that in my mouth constantly. That'll produce. The word produces. We don't have to produce. Don't put pressure on you to produce. The word will produce. Don't even put pressure on yourself to walk this out. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Do you see that? So now let's look at the principle. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. This is what I really would want to get to. We're going to have to go to 10 o'clock tonight because it's 8.02 and it took me a while to get here. But so, okay, so just pretend, just pretend, okay, that you live in California and it's six o'clock right now. I'm just teasing you. But Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, we're going to look at verse 34, I believe. Luke chapter 11, let me find it. Verse 34. So this is the principle. This is such a deep principle of faith. This will help your faith walk. Because it's single. You have to be single. Your eye has to be single in this area. You've heard me say this before. Satan is the big option giver. Whether... Whether I read the word today or whether I don't, I have that option in my life. Do you know I don't have that option in my life? I don't have the option of being planted and being a viable part of a local church. I don't have that option because of what the word of God says. Not because I'm a pastor, it's because he's my Lord. I don't have an option to walk in unforgiveness. I don't have an option on what I speak. I'm single in areas. I don't have an option to get out of the love walk. I have to walk in love. See, so, so, I, so that means I literally have to rely on him for everything. Right? So look at this. It says, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single. Now this is interesting. And I said this earlier, this word single means when your eye is clear. But here's just as much of a meaning of this Greek word, and this is why I love God so much. This word can also be translated when your eye is simple. Take my yoke upon you. Because my yoke, it's easy. My burden's light. It's simple. It's simple. It's rest. Right? And, and this Greek word literally, single, like I said, it's giving the picture of a healthy eye that sees single versus a diseased eye or a problem eye that's seeing blurry or double. Interesting. You know, the word doubt, it comes from the, from the root. It's the root word duo. It means double. When you doubt, it's because you've just given yourself another option. So this person hurt me. I could either forgive or I can't forgive. No, 
Not if you're a born-again believer. Right? So, so this, is, this is an interesting thing about faith. What am I, why am I saying all this? Because your eye has to be single with thanksgiving. I have no other option but to always be thankful. Yeah, but pastor, are you kidding me? Do you, have, do you ever, or is it just me, or does your flesh ever just go, I just want, can I take 30 seconds and just say what I really want to say? I mean, does your flesh ever really just go, I just gotta, ugh. yeah, that's why Romans 1, Paul said, listen, you gotta, you gotta, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you gotta present your body a living sacrifice. Throw that sucker on the altar. You know it's living because it hurts. My flesh wants to turn your cheek, not mine. You despitefully used me. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to give you money. I don't want to bless you. I surely, I go before the Lord. Have you ever had the Lord do this? Do you know, for years and years and years, everybody who's ever wronged me, the Lord told me years ago how to stay completely clear. Whoever, whose ever sins you remit, they'll be remitted. The wages of sin is death. So if anybody, if I hear of anybody saying bad things or whatever about me in any way, or if they wrong me in every way, I go to the Lord and I'm like, okay, Lord, in the name of Jesus, first of all, I forgive them because of the graciousness that you showed me. That I've never had to forgive everybody, anybody at the level of how you forgave me. You came looking for me when I was dead in, in my trespasses and sins. And my whole life as a Christian, every time I've ever allowed my flesh to operate, you've always forgiven me, cleansed me. You never even get down on me for the mess. So Father, today, this individual... I ask that you would not hold this against them and that you would stop all the death from coming to them. My flesh is going, are you kidding me? Sometimes when something stings me, I'll literally, I know the Holy Spirit, he's just got a great sense of humor. Because sometimes he's like, I'm waiting. And I know what he's me. I know he's talking. I'm like, okay, give me a second. I got to get my flesh under control, right? Because my, my, my flesh is trying to crawl off that altar. But see, my father is going, don't let it crawl off the altar because it'll only hurt you, Tony. I don't want anything. See, love never fails. It's life. You keep the enemy away. You want to abide in the secret place? You don't abide in the secret place if you're not thankful. Even though it's there for you and God, God's waiting and he's there. It says here, when your eye is single, the whole body is full of light. But when your eye is evil, the body also is full of darkness. See, why, why are you talking about this single thing? Because you can't look. Boy, if you don't get anything else, you cannot look at two things at the same time and be in faith. 
You can't do it. You can't look at the possibility that you're not healed and be in faith that he provided healing for you. It's impossible. You can't receive anything. James tells us that, right? So let's keep going with this. Wow. Take heed, verse 35, therefore, that the light which is in you be not darkness. Wow. See, what what you do, I hope this helps you. I know this will. When you choose to believe the word of God that you hear, faith comes by hearing, faith chooses the word and ignores everything else. I'm single. So, so what does that look like? What does that look like? So, so here, I'll just do this. We'll have to do this tomorrow. Here, I'll make it easier. Okay, so these represent cares. So a thought hits my mind. This is not working out. What do I do? I take the thought captive. It is written, and I cast it off. Then I walk in another thought. Nope, it is written. By his stripes I'm healed, and I cast it off. Then another thought. Nope, it is written. It is written. It is written. Pretty soon, I, I'm, what am I doing? I, won't, I, I refuse to carry a care. These are cares. Here, they're coming multiple at me. I'm like, no. I'm not ever carrying any cares. Why? Because I can't be thankful and carry cares. I can't be in faith if I'm thinking that maybe the word is not true. This is why Jesus is like, guys, be careful what you're hearing. Be careful who you're hearing. Be careful how you're hearing. Because you can't look at two things at the same time and be in faith. That is so life-giving. When I realized that, because it told me that, then God made me to look at one thing. I can be thankful always. I could literally hear the word of God and know and be single. Do you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Not even born again, but they were single. Right? They knew Listen, king, you throw me in, and God's able, but by the way, he will deliver us. In other words, king, we are not dying in a furnace today, but if you don't, if you decide to be smart and not throw us in, just know, yeah, let your band play. We're not bowing. In other words, no, 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 no. You have no idea whose we are. Does that make sense? They were single. And you, you are a lot greater than what they are. You have the spirit of God in you. You're born again. You are made to believe God and hear from God. God said, listen, I've put my spirit in you that you might freely or that you might know these things that I've freely given you. Single. Is, this, this is, I hope I'm getting this across to you. This is why you have to live with a clear conscience. you got to get rid of stuff. Cast your burden upon the Lord, right? Psalm 55, 22. And he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. See, we're single in this. Look at this, verse 36. 
If your whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle does give thee light. See, in other words, when I make a decision to look at one thing, it brings light into every area of my life. Well, I'm telling you, hear this tonight because these are where your answers are. This is where a whole new life is. This is where you'll walk in a strength that you've never seen in your life before. It's amazing. Hallelujah. It lights your whole life. In other words, you can't have faith for the answer if you're looking at the problem. You can't. Well, I'm just struggling in faith. No, you're not. You're not in faith. You're not struggling. You're struggling in your flesh and you're yielding to the enemy. Let's call it for what it is and then cast that off and go, no, and just be thankful. Notice it doesn't say feel thankful. It says speak. Thankful means confess. Guess what happens when you confess? The feelings will be there. How do you have joy? The Bible says you have joy by the answer of your mouth. You don't have it by surrounding yourself with a bunch of people and holding hands and sing kumbaya. No. You start to have joy. Father, I thank you that your joy is my strength. I'm strong in you. You've given me the victory in this. That's how we live. This is faith. But no double-mindedness, right? You know, we got to look at this. Let's look at James chapter 1. Let's go real quick. James chapter 1, verse 5. You'll see this, I believe, with some new eyes, some fresh eyes. Look at this. This is talking about a doubt, a person who's doubting. If any of you lack wisdom, James 1, 5. Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and he upbraids not and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Diacrino is the Greek word here. It means literally to try to stand in two places, to be of two minds. It's double, it's doubting. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. God never wants you moved by anything external. He only wants you to move in him from things here, internal. Here's an evil thought. I don't care if it's to give the church a million dollars. If it's coming from the outside into your mind, that's evil. That's an origination from the enemy. If it's a God thought, it's coming from your spirit, That's why only a spiritually mature believer will be able to discern good from evil because discerning good from evil is knowing where the thought comes from. Does that make sense? It says, for let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So now you're right here. Go back to Hebrews chapter 12 real quick. Hebrews chapter 12, look at what this says. In verse 1, wherefore seeing also that we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, 
not anything else, fixing our eyes on him, the author and finisher of our faith. And then it says down here in verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied, that means sick, and faint, that means exhausted, in your mind. So now if you go back a few thousand years, go back to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Look at the example that God told Joshua. Here he is. He's got to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And in Joshua 1, 8, look at what he says here. Josh, here's the deal. This book of the law, New Testament believer, the word of God shall not depart out of what? Your mouth. But you'll meditate therein day and night. Why do you do that, Josh? So that you may observe to do. Observe so that you're seeing something. All that is written therein. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. So we never let the word depart from our eyes. We never let the word depart out of our mouth. Well, now wait a minute. It didn't say eyes specifically here. Oh, okay. Well, let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 21. Let's look at the prescription on how to take the word of God. Guys, the reason why I'm kind of just jumping all over the place tonight is I want you to see that this is everywhere. Well, the reason why I'm jumping all over the place is because it's just coming up out of my spirit. But it's just everywhere in the book. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Put my words first place. Incline your ear to my sayings. Give my words your undivided attention. Look at the next phrase. Don't ever let my words depart where? Out of your mouth. Or I'm sorry, don't ever let them depart from your eyes. So he tells Joshua, don't let them depart. He tells here in Proverbs, don't let them depart. In other words, my ears, undivided attention. I keep, I keep the word ever before my eyes. I meditate in it. I never let it depart out of my mouth. Why? Because I have to stay single. Do you see that? There is a place in God where you can stay single. So I'm going to close with this scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Man, I hope this is helping you tonight. You're going to have to go back and listen to this more. It'll get better every time you listen to it. This is so important. 1 Corinthians, what did I say? Chapter 10, verse 13. Hallelujah. Look at this. See, this is a big one right here. Everybody's like, oh man, you don't understand what I'm going through, pastor. But look at what the word says about that. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, we all go through stuff. The difference is some people, have you ever noticed there's some Christians, when you get around them, you're just like, okay, Lord, everything they do is blessed. 
Everything they touch is blessed. They never go through anything. That's, you know, that's just not true. They're actually going through everything, maybe even more stuff than what you're going through, except they ignore it. Because they're single. I want you to see that. This is very, very important. Because it's very important that our eyes have light. Boy, can you take another scripture? This is so important. Go, go to Psalm 97, 11. Psalm chapter 97. Man, that's such a good scripture. Talking about light. Psalm 97. I'll tell you what, since I'm going, you know, I'm going to a little extra scriptures here. I promise you that I will not preach late next Wednesday night. Okay? I promise you I won't do that. Look, look at this, Psalm 97, verse 11. Light, light is sown for the righteous. Light. It's sown for the righteous. Go to Proverbs 13. Man, you're not seeing this yet. Proverbs 13. So light is sown for the righteous. Proverbs 13, 9 says, The light of the righteous rejoices. See, when your eye is single, your whole life is filled with light. When your eye is single, when you make a decision that I'm going to thank God only, I'm going to believe him only, light is sown for you as the righteous. And it will cause you to rejoice, which connects you to miracles. It increases your capacity. Do you see how that God has, how he has given us in his word, how to walk this out? When you, but you have to make a decision. And this is why my decision is, I have made a decision. Jesus, you are my Lord. My life is tucked away with you in the Father. I'm one spirit with you. I don't own my body or my spirit. They are yours. I'm so glad for that. I'm not a servant of God. I'm your actual child. I've been born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And now I believe you. And I live a lifestyle. You know, we were in 1 Corinthians. It it talks about how the just shall do what? They live by faith, single, not sometimes by faith and sometimes by sight, always by faith. That's why we having the same spirit of faith, right? Second Corinthians 4.18, we don't look at the things that we see. We look at the things that we can't see, the eternal word of God, because the things that we can see, they're all subject to change. But the things that we don't see are not subject to change. Your father loves you so much that he never, he never wants you to be moved by anything in this world. Amen?